Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Well, I have to say, I look at that and I'm like, if you're a mom, you're not just made for Mondays. You're made for Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. There is no break for moms here. And thank you for all that you've been. And whether you're a biological mom or a mom who has come alongside somebody else or even a dad who's had to play the role of mom, we celebrate you today. And I hope by the end of the service, just as Brian so articulately said and stated, that we know there's a lot of emotion coming into a day like this, not just Mother's Day, but all these days that are supposed to be, you know, celebrating what we think the perfect whatever it is that doesn't exist. And I want you to know that uh, God is enough this morning to fill in all those places. And I hope that by the end of the service, you'll see a little bit more of that. But what I want to start off with is I actually got a hold of a little survey that was done um, with second graders. Just a few questions about moms and just gathering that their answers about things regarding moms. So the first question was, why did God make mothers? And the first child said, she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. (laughs) The second one said, mostly to clean the house. Now that is a child I would like to speak to. But here's the third child said this, to help us get out of there when we were getting born. (laughs) For some reason that cracked me up. How did God make mothers? Well, he used dirt, just like he did for the rest of us. But one child said, magic plus superpowers and a lot of stirring. (laughs) What ingredients are mothers made of? God makes mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. (laughs) Another child said they had to get their start from men's bones and then mostly string, I think. (laughs) What's the difference between moms and dads? Moms know how to talk to teachers without scaring them. (laughs) But here's my favorite. Moms work at work and work at home and dads just work at work. Maybe not today, though. Why did God give you your mother and not some other mom? The first child said, because we're related. And then the other child said, God knew she liked me more than other people's moms like me. (laughs) What kind of little girl was your mom? Oh, my mom has always been my mom and none of that other stuff. But here's my favorite. They say she used to be nice. (laughs) Why did your mom marry your dad? One child said, my dad makes the best spaghetti in the world, and my mom eats a lot. (laughs) I love that, mom. Uh, The the other child said, well, she just got too old to do anything else with him. And here's the last question. What did mom need to know about dad before she married him? The first child said, his last name. (laughs) 
And the second child said she had to know his background and whether or not he makes a hundred, I mean, $800 a year. <laughs> so I think that's pretty safe. Anyway, some fun this morning, but I just want to acknowledge along with Brian that this is a day that's loaded and uh, it is for me too. I'll be honest. And, and what I love is the verse that I've chosen. And yes, it's one of the verses in my new book. And by the way, women, if you're not really readers and you're going, oh, that gift isn't so great, it's actually a devotional that you just read one at a time. So it's kind of a, a place where you can live and learn a little bit more about scripture. So I hope you enjoy it. But one of the verses in there is the verse that I decided to choose for this morning. And it's not the verse that you would normally think of when you think of Mother's Day. But because maybe of some things that have happened in my life that you will hear over the course of this sermon, I felt like it was the perfect verse for this morning. And this is the verse where Paul has a thorn in his flesh. And we don't know exactly what that thorn is. And uh, scholars speculate, some scholars say it might have been a health issue, a lot of them feel like it might, might have been something with Paul's eye, others have felt like it was a relationship maybe that Paul was struggling with, or maybe it's a circumstance in his life, but I frankly love the fact that Paul doesn't mention what the thorn is, because I think it leaves room for our thorns. And I want you to maybe think this morning, this isn't just for the moms in the room, this is for everybody in the room. I want you to think about a thorn in your flesh right now, something that you would ask God and maybe have asked God over and over and over to remove from you. A pain, a loss, a weakness, something that you carry, a circumstance you don't want, whatever it is, I want you to to think about that thorn. In fact, I'm just going to give you a moment of silence so you can just picture what that is this morning. And as you have that pictured in your mind, in your heart, I'm going to repeat this verse one more time. Three times, three times, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is the verse that comes to us in the middle of our thorns. Paul prayed a prayer three times, and God didn't answer it, at least not the way Paul wanted it to be answered. Paul was looking for thorn removal. I wonder if anybody in this room has had the experience of praying a prayer and not having God answer it the way you wanted. I'm speculating a lot of us have been there. And that was Paul. And where he ended up is that thorn that God allowed, that God didn't take away, actually ended up reshaping Paul's prayer. And suddenly he comes to the end and actually celebrates the thorn in his life. How does that happen? 
I want to talk about three potential thorns of mothering this morning as I started thinking about some of the thorns that mothers carry. And the first is actually having kids. Now you're going, well, gosh, that's not very happy. Maybe it's just because I'm parenting a teenager right now. But just having kids can be hard. Can I say here an amen to mothers? I mean, is it hard or is it? I mean, it is hard to mother a child. It starts right away with giving birth. It's the most painful day of your life. Brings the greatest joy, but it's the most painful day of your life. And you move right from that to weaning. No child ever asks to be weaned. And women don't talk about it generally, but that's something that they're having to do. And I know this because I have never witnessed an adult breastfeeding. Thank you, Jesus. So the the truth is mothers did their job. Somehow they did it. And then they moved right from there to potty training. How fun is that? Potty training a kid can go on forever. I actually know some couples that just decided, forget it. We're going to get it done. So they do the commando potty training weekend. I don't know if you've heard about this. Commando means the child is naked. You do not put any clothes on the child's body. And they just run around the house all weekend long and they figure it out. And then at the end of the weekend, you buy new furniture and carpeting for your home. (laughs) But your kid is potty trained and that's the good news. So you move from there and I actually didn't have either of those nor did I have the birth part, because I'm a mom who came in late in the game. I got my child when he was six on my wedding day. And I will tell you that I did come in just in time for reading. Now, I know teaching a child to read when you're a teacher, I mean, it can be a great joy. I am not a teacher, but I, you know, I had a picture of what that was like. And just to give you some background, Jordan had actually been in a kind of a co-op school. It was a a, sort of a little house on the prairie model, you know, where all the grades are together and there's a whole holistic plan for these kids. You know, you're supposed to leave them in the whole time. Well, they didn't really learn how to read by first grade. They only had sight words because they were on this philosophy and, you know, they were going to get it, but they, they, they didn't have it yet. And unfortunately, my husband and I, when we got married, we lived in another area. So we had to bring Jordan out of that school and put him into another normal elementary school where the children learned to read in preschool. So now Jordan's in second grade and all he knows how to do is sight words. And I'm like, oh my word, I am volunteering in the class and I'm going, he's so far behind. And so I I decided, oh, I'm just going to teach him how to read. This is going to be awesome. I mean, I I just picture myself with my arm around this darling child and his cute little voice reading to me. He said three words every 15 minutes. I literally wanted to shoot myself when it was over. I'm not kidding. It was hard. And you know what? So much of mothering is hard. Parenting. Fathers, you too. Parenting is hard. And yet it is the most awesome thing in our life. And that should tell you something about thorns. Thorns can sometimes end up being the greatest thing in your life. And it's a huge mystery how that happens because sometimes they are the most painful things in your life. But just like Paul, you end up celebrating that thorn because it shows you something about God that you wouldn't know if you didn't have it. And so having a child is both the greatest and hardest thing in your life. So having kids can be a thorn, but you know what? The second thorn that has already been alluded to 
is not having kids. This day used to be one of the most painful days for me to come to church because I was single until I was 49 years old. Now, there are a lot of happy singles in the world, a lot of people who don't want to have children. But for me, I always longed to be a wife and a mom, and so days like this were really hard for me. And I think I've said this before, but I used to look at, and especially days like this, where you see the mom and she's got her mom shirt on and all her kids hanging around her, and I used to look at her and go, gosh, why can't I be like that? Why can't I have that God? And what I know now that I've actually raised a child is she was looking at me going, oh my God, what I wouldn't give for one day, one day without a kid hanging off me, one day as a single, in fact, there are some mothers, if you were to be honest about it, you are celebrating mothers today by getting away from your kids. (laughs) And so the reality is it's hard to have them, but it's really hard to not be able to have them. And whether it's because you were single longer than you thought, or whether it's because you got married and you struggled with infertility, or for a number of other reasons that you, for whatever reason, couldn't experience having a child. Not having a child can be a thorn. But not having a child biologically can sometimes be the thorn that leads you to a bigger prayer. It's the prayer that when you're saying, God, I want to be a mom. And God says back, well, if you're not hung up on the biology piece, I got a lot of kids who need a mom. Like anybody can be a mom. And the truth is, when you're willing to open up your hands to how this will come into your life, God can bless you in ways that are unimaginable to you right now because we have a story in our minds And nobody wishes for being a parent other than biology when they're growing up. That's what you picture. But God has a bigger story because he has more people in his mind and more children that he wants to bless. And so I want to tell you a story about a couple in our community, John and Stacy Peterson. And Stacy worked for Angels Network. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Angels Network, but it's actually a baby foster care service. So what happens is these babies are born to drug-addicted moms, and so literally, sometimes from newborn on, they need to be housed, at least temporarily and sometimes permanently. And so it is an incredible sacrifice for parents. I mean, you guys know what it's like, some of you know what it's like to actually have a child, but having a newborn that's not even one that you birthed and taking care of that child But as they began to talk to some of the other couples, and we had lots of couples that were struggling with fertility, this one couple, and literally every time I'd see her on Sunday, she had tears in her eyes because she would be watching the moms bring in their kids to Sunday school, and she wanted to be a mom so bad. Seven years they tried. And then she heard about Angel's Network, and she and her husband began to talk about it, and they were like, well, maybe God wants us to do this. And so they decided to do it. And they fostered two babies that actually only needed temporary housing, and then their third child that they got, 
needed a permanent home, so they adopted her. Her name's Ruby. They've ended up having three kids. All three of them they've adopted through Angel's foster care. They never had a biological child. But when they adopted Ruby, their first one, they were so excited. They were telling everybody about it. Here they had gone from being so sad to so excited, which is so often the case. And we had this couple's dinner, and this couple, who had just adopted this daughter, were there, and this other couple that we didn't know very well came. Their names were Jen and Adam. And so now I want you to hear from Jen and Adam what their story was coming to this dinner. Let's watch. We were invited to a new couple's dinner. Felt excited to be able to go to the dinner and we met some different people there and one of the couples that we met was very excited because they had just recently adopted um, a little girl. And um, I remember just being at that dinner and kind of being in my own place and wondering like, wow, how are they this excited about this opportunity to adopt and kind of had a chance to, Adam and I got in the car and we were kind of struggling with infertility and so I was sort of asking him like, how is it that they're this happy and content with what's going on right now? And uh, just kind of feeling in a different place than where this couple was, but appreciating what they had to offer. And Kind of grew from there. I saw other instances of, of kids being adopted and I started reading a little bit more about it and doing some, some investigation and kind of thinking about the process. Um, and we're fortunate enough to have uh, John and Stacy Peterson in our small group. Stacy works for Angels Network. Uh, so in speaking with her, we, uh, we kind of learned more about the process and really started to, to think, um, hey, this could really be for us. So we were on vacation. She was in Texas visiting family uh, and I was heading up north to go camping. And uh, we got the phone call and we weren't even, you know, fully, uh, fully approved yet. But we rushed through the process and figured everything out and, you know, we just kind of, uh, it felt like the right thing to do and we were just led in that direction. So there's, there's too many events that can't just be, you know, ancillary little connections. It, it was all brought into our lives for this reason and, you know, I feel like God was kind of the conductor of that. Um, and so to have him kind of pulling these pieces together for us and leading our heart in that direction ultimately. Um, you know, we were able to receive Kaylee and it's been, you know, the most amazing gift ever. There's a purpose to her life that I know that God had a plan for her to be with us. And um, even just making it all work out <laughs> with the timing of everything that happened, um, it just, you just can't kind of deny that. And there's just something about her that the minute we saw her, um, we both just felt like she was meant to be with us and that um, that she's um, just going to be such a blessing to our life and to everyone's life that she comes in contact with. Just like Shannon, how Shannon and Stacy affected us and if we had not known them, um, we wouldn't have been, ab been able to get to this place that we're at today and we just feel so grateful that they were a part of our story and we hope that maybe we can be a part of other people's story um, as it relates to this. Um, and I think that that's the piece that God's putting it all together. Um, it's really out of our control and it's really beyond, much bigger than ourselves, um, that all of these people played a certain role for us um, to be blessed with Kaylee in our life. 
I mean, really, the Gerber baby has arrived. But I, what you have to know about little Kaylee is when she was born, she was two and a half pounds. And she was born to a drug-addicted drug mom, and she was in the NICU unit for months before she could even be fostered. And so to see her in this environment, to see the care and the love from this couple who opened their heart to her, and you guys, the story isn't even over because they decided to do it one more time. And they got one more girl, and this girl happens to be Kaylee's biological sister. And so now I want to show you a picture of the family, and you'll see Kaylee on the left, and now you see Emma on the right, and God has just put this family together out of loss. Because I want to tell you something, I talked to Jen, and she was actually mad when she left the dinner because you know what it's like when you want something a certain way and you start hearing about someone who's happy about it happening another way. It doesn't hit you. It's a thorn. And, and yet, as God began to work through that thorn and she began to open up her heart, the blessing that she has received to be this mom. And so sometimes we have to say, God, I don't understand this weakness, but I trust that you're going to use it. And so one of the thorns is not having kids. But you know, the third thorn that I want to speak to this morning is one that I really identify with, and that is having to share kids. I told you I became a mom the day I got married. And, uh, and it was such a joy. It was incredible. He was the ring bearer in our wedding, and he was so adorable, his little baby teeth. He was so cute. And then we went on our honeymoon, and then we came back, and I remember literally the first day that um, I woke up, and Jerry went off to work, and I walked into the living room, and I, <gasps> I got scared because Jordan was there. I was like, oh my gosh, you're still here. I mean, I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, I have to figure out what am I going to do with you, you know? I'm actually, you know, because his mom lives in Australia, and so he spends some of the summers with her, but we, you know, he was living with us, and it was the most amazing and the most difficult gift that my marriage gave me. But the biggest difficulty with my particular gift is that I was being called to parent with open hands because I was called to be a mom to a child who already had a mom. And every time he picks up the phone and says, hi, mom, it's a little thorn. And even today, he's having lunch with his biological mom, and I'm actually thrilled that he gets to do that. But as you know, you hold your pain and your joy together. You hold them together. And that is the place that God works in our lives. I'm so grateful to her for having Jordan, for giving me this opportunity. I really, truly am. But, you know, a lot of the gifts that we receive, we have to receive like this. Like this. They're not ours. But you know what's interesting about our kids? None of our kids are ours. Whether you had them biologically or they came to you another way. They don't belong to you. And a lot of you realize that when they go off to college. Suddenly it's like, oh my word, they're gone. And they do come back, but it's never the same after that. And you realize that you have to open your hands and share your children with the world. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. And there's a trust to that. And so I just, I just got that experience early on. I've had to do this our whole uh, parenting. And it is hard to open our hands. But you know what else it does? Is those thorns help us recognize how we need each other. 
You know, my parents are divorced, and I think I've mentioned this. My dad actually married, uh, remarried after about five years after they got divorced. They got divorced when I graduated high school. And my dad married someone that's three years older than me. And so that was a thorn. I mean, at first I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, how is this going to work? And I want to tell you some 30 years later, I thank God for her in our life. In fact, this morning I texted her and said, Happy Mother's Day, Bernie. Thank you for loving my dad as well as you have. She has taught me a lot about step-parenting, oddly enough. So you just never know how God is going to use the thorns in our life. But, you know, when my parents were divorced, I had just become a Christian, and I came to the body of Christ needy. I was, like, recruiting moms and dads and brothers and sisters all over the place. And do you know, brothers and sisters, that's what we're called to be. That's why we come here on Sunday morning. God bless you if you came here alone and you don't have a family and you showed up here on Mother's Day. We are your family. We are family. And that really is what Friday night is about the She Grows conference that you've been hearing about. We are going to have women in this room from teenage years all the way up through 80s. So some of you older women that are in the room and you think, hey, I'm retired, I'm not, you know what? No, there is no theology of retirement in the kingdom of God. We need you to show up. We need you to come because it's going to talk about just what Brian talked about, the power of cross-generational relationships. They have changed my life women who have come alongside of me. And that's what we're going to do on Friday night. We have almost 100 women signed up already. But we are, Gary's like, we're going for 200. We want to see 200 go. So you know what? Talk to Brian. When you go to pick up your book, even if you're not sure you want to go, or you're not, there might be some block, you know what? I'm just going to challenge you ladies to be here on Friday night because it's going to be powerful to see what God can do through the generations. So the bottom line is we are a family. Mother's Day isn't just for biological mothers. Mother's Day is really for all of us who have come alongside a child at some point in our life. This day is for you. As a matter of fact, Jesus even says that. Matthew 12. It's really interesting. He's teaching and, uh, and some of his um, some friends come in or disciples come in and say, hey, Jesus, your mom and your brothers are outside. And here's what Jesus says. He says, who is my mother and my brother? Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus says that we are the family of God. We're called to stand in the gap. A lot of us come here with gaps. We have gaps in our biological family, in whatever has happened to our lives, and we come here to find relationships. That's what we're about. Jesus wasn't slighting his mother and his brothers. He wasn't slighting them. He was just including everybody else in the family. And that is what we do at church. We're here to be a family. And then at the very end here, I also want to be so bold as to say today is a day when we can celebrate our thorns We can celebrate our thorns. It's not that we don't feel pain, because we do. I still carry that pain, right along with my joy. But we can celebrate our thorns for what they teach us about God. 
that God, his grace, is sufficient to fill those holes that he provides in other ways that we can't even imagine. And I know that well. In fact, I didn't even show you, I I didn't show you the picture of my boy, but I'll show you a little picture. If you guys can go back, there's a little picture of him when we first came together. This is when he was about seven. And then I want to show you what he looks like today. He's out, he outgrown me, and he's actually playing the prince in Cinderella this weekend. So he's going to be singing his solos. I'm actually claiming some bio, biology on that because I uh, was the only theater arts major in the family, so kind of hoping he got that from me. But the truth is, you know what? The kids that you have cared for in whatever way you've cared for them, they carry a piece of you in their soul because, as we all know, it takes a village And so you have changed kids' lives, whether they're your own kids, other people's kids, kids that you've come alongside of. You've been a part of that family. And so we can celebrate our thorns because they grow us bigger. They help us look to our right and our left and say, how can you use me? I'm open, God, with what you're going to do. It's not what I would have chosen, but I'm willing. I'm willing to take this thorn and let it be used by you. And then we can say with confidence this last verse that I've actually taken the liberty to add to. Now, I know some of you are going, see, this is why we don't have women preach, because they add to the scriptures. No, I'm not adding to the scripture or the word of God. I'm simply including some things that maybe we are feeling this morning as parents coming into this day. So let's read this verse. It's going to be up on the screen. Let's do it together. That is why, for Christ's sake... I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, in mothering or not being able to mother, in standing in the gap for a child when it's uncomfortable or hard, in letting go of our children and sharing them when we need to, knowing they are in God's hands. For when I am weak, then... I am strong. Amen. Thank you, Lori. It's a gift that you've given us today. As we close today, I want to close with a prayer for mothers and a commissioning for all women, and then a closing song, and then our benediction. In a moment, In the midst of me reading this prayer, I will ask all women to stand at one point. But if you're a mom today, I want you to find yourself in this prayer, this blessing that I'd like to read over you. And what I'd ask for all the men in the room right now to do is to either put a hand on um, if your spouse is with you to do that or if your mom's with you or just put your hand out as a sign of support uh, and acknowledging uh, this prayer. So hear these words. Dear God, today on Mother's Day, we bring to you all that we have and all that we are. We celebrate with those who became mothers this year. We appreciate those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and they wear the badge of food stains and poopy diapers. Those who've made it to the teen years and the young adult years. Those who have lived through driving tests, medical tests, and overall tests of motherhood. We're better 
for having them in our midst. But God, we mourn with those who've lost a child this year or in the past. May they know your deepest comfort is there for them. We also mourn with those who've experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or children who've actually been running away. God, we ask that you'd forgive us when we say foolish things and make it harder for those who are hurting over mothering. We hurt with those who walk the hard path of infertility, the silent path. It's fraught with pokes and prods and tears, expenses and endless disappointments. God, for those who have placed children up for adoption, we commend them for their selflessness and we remember how they hold that child in their heart. We recognize your gentleness, Lord, for those who've chosen to terminate a pregnancy and your healing for those who've been forced to end a pregnancy. We remember you and them on this day. God, we ask for miracles for mothers who've experienced disappointment, heartache, and a distance with their children. Teach us to sit with them and hear them. May they know your true love, God. We're so thankful, God, for those who are foster moms, mentor moms, spiritual moms. We say thank you to the grandmothers who love, give, and sacrificially serve. And we acknowledge those who envisioned having grandchildren, but life for some reason has taken a different journey. And there's a void because they don't have a grandchild. God, we grieve with those who lost their mothers this year or in previous years. We recognize the pain and the confusion and the poor timing. Today, we sit with those who've experienced abuse at the hands of their own mother. And Lord, we acknowledge how this was not their fault. And Lord, how there are deep scars. God, we ask for healing for those who have been abused. And God, we ask for peace that only comes from you. Today, Lord, we pray for the single moms that have weathered death or divorce. And Lord, would they realize that this can be their community and that others are there for them and they're not alone. We pray for protection over the complex path that step-parents have to walk. We also empathize with mothers who are experiencing an empty nest in a place where there's loneliness. Thank you for those who are pregnant, though, today with new life, both expected and surprising. <laughs> May we and they be filled with anticipation for them. Now I'd ask all women to stand, all women, regardless of your mom, We'd like to commission and thank you. And men, would you put your hand out again towards them as a sign of support and a sign of thanks. Hear these final words, mothers and women. On this Mother's Day, we know that you are here, God, and that you have raised up these women who are here 
Lord, these women are not faint at heart. You've given them gifts and you've given them abilities. You've put them in a specific place, Lord, for a specific time. And Lord, sometimes they forget that. May they wake up tomorrow remembering where you've placed them. And Lord, in their weakness, may they call on you to be sufficient wherever they are, whatever the circumstance. Lord, equip these women, whether they're moms or not, whether they're wives or not, whether they're single or not, whatever, God. We ask you to equip and empower them. We say thank you. Thank you for women. And we pray, God, a blessing and the gracious power of Jesus over them today. May they feel the touch of that grace, God, and may they live for it and never want to be more than who you're making them to be. And all God's people said in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.